Hello and welcome to the Three Guys Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Ben. I'm Dixon. And we kick off the summer blockbuster era with the amazing Spider-Man 2. It uh, took a little while in between releases here. We got uh, sidetracked with, you know, life, work, things happen. It wasn't anything in theaters really for us to... That too. Uh, yeah, interesting to see. Uh, I, I figured it would be better if we... Well, it kind of worked out this way where we took a week off because for the next little while we're going to be very busy as we get to the summer and fall of this year. Uh, there's just there's there's movies for days. Like we could practically live in the theater with how often we're going to be seeing stuff. Let's go into should you see it in 3D? What did you guys think of the 3D in this one? We were forced to see it in 3D. That from looking at the amount of theaters that are playing it, that looks to be probably your only choice. But if you have the option, I don't know. This one's tough because I like a lot of the visual presentation that the 3D uses. Like it adds some nice depth to it here and there, specifically with Electro. Because uh, he's he's a walking light show, but I don't think you needed the 3D. Hmm. It didn't add as much as I would have liked, and it certainly didn't have any of the really cool jaw-dropping moments that it should have had. It didn't have any of the 3D effects that I know they used in the first one, which was all first-person Spider-Man stuff. I'm sad I didn't see that in theaters. That I think would have been really cool. It wasn't. No, yeah. well, I saw it in theaters, and it wasn't all that impressive. Okay, then I guess if I'm... you played Mirror's Edge, it was kind of like that. <laughs> that's, that's disappointing. But no, I would say no to 3D just on the principle of it doesn't do enough 3D. No, I don't know. I, it, you know, it was subtle, but I, I think the 3D worked really well. It brought quite a bit of depth to a lot of areas. I, I, I have to agree. I thought the 3D was fairly well done. Somehow they did it. It was kind of atmospheric, but it was also kind of actiony. Yeah. And it wasn't that over the top sometimes. And even the dark spots weren't horribly dark like 90% of movies are. Yeah. For, like, there's a lot of scenes near the end that take place at night, you know, and you're able to see everything. Fair enough. I think the only reason 3D works so well also is because when they're used with Electro, yeah, the he audio leave. design, I'll say for this movie, was really done. works with the 3D to give you a very immersive experience. I gotta say that. Yeah. I, I think, think if the audio was weaker, it would make the 3D weaker. Weaker. Well, I can understand that concept, but for me, yeah. it's just, I think when it comes out on home media, it'll be just fine either way. Well, I think there'll be something taken away from it, but I mean, can you watch it without 3D? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But would you? But you two would recommend it for 3D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? I I know it's I'm numb to the fact now where it's like I look at the price and I'm like, oh, they've gone up. It's 13.50 for a movie <laughs> ticket. And it's just like, oh, that's just because it's in 3D. It's like, oh, I just thought they were that much now. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm just numb to the fact, so I don't care that I'm paying the extra two bucks <laughs> for 3D anymore. I mean, that's it's you know. It, it is what it is. It's like getting hit in the face. You just, after a while, I don't feel it. It's all the <laughs> you kind of, you, It's numb. You're numb to the sensation. <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. Sure, let's go. So should we see... Should it, would you recommend it to people? Is it a good follow-up there? We kind of already spoiled what we were going to say. Yeah, oh, yeah. But go on, Tyler. Well, I have an idea of what you're going to be saying there, but for me, in this case, I didn't know what to think when they rebooted the series. I liked the first one a lot, so I went into this one, but actually, I was looking forward to it. And I was not disappointed. Go see this... The length is a little on the long side. We'll get to that, but I do still recommend it. It was really good. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Do you, you didn't see the first yeah, one? I, but... Yeah, I didn't see the first one. I got the gist of the first one there. Very yeah. basic Spider-Man intro, slightly different, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You honestly don't need to see the first one. There's one bit of this movie that I think would be a little odd without the uh, without seeing the first one, and that's the uh, Captain Stacy stuff. Yeah. That's a little, like... If that's not explained to you, like, they do explain it, it's still odd. The yeah, first couple yeah. times it's just like, what is ha- what is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We'll get more into that as we develop, though. But um, yeah, I thought it was really good. It was amazing. I'd definitely recommend it. Was was that intentional? Yes. Okay. As long as it no, was. It wasn't. <laughs> How about you, Dixon? Yeah, it was good. Well, it was it was really awesome. I don't know. I'm still riding a high from seeing this one. Was it amazing? It was better than expected. Was it spectacular? <laughs> uh, actually, here's a better question. Was would you put this... Spider-Man movie? No, I don't think it was the ultimate one, but yeah. would you put this in your on your shelf? Would you add this to your collection? I think I'd have to. The first one, I can kind of... Like, I liked it, but I don't need to have it. This one, I'd feel like I'd want to have this in my collection. So it's pretty good. It's on the list. So that's our uh, recommendation. Uh, go see it. Do so. Seriously. Uh, spend all your money in theaters this summer. There's a lot of good stuff to see, and this is just the beginning. You'll go bankrupt. <laughs> God knows we're going to. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit more, a, um, I, I don't want to say spoiler detail, but we'll get into a little more in-depth, I guess the appropriate term, because of course we don't really go into spoilers. So I guess the first thing we'll talk about is the villains, because the advertising makes this very clear. There are three villains in this movie. There's Electro, there's Green Goblin... Who's Harry Osborn? We'll talk about that. And there's the Rhino. Spoilers. The last two barely relevant. I, I don't mind that they're a uh, not relevant. Uh, the film is primarily about Electro, and I think that works better that way. Oh, it is. And the you're... other characters kind of build into they're building it builds into those characters. It, it, it's the way you're going to do these things because it's, it's not like Sam Raimi and Spider-Man Three, where there's just too much going on and. The impact of your three characters with their... Battle Royale. The problem is the three villains in that movie all had really good emotional reasons to want to hate Spider-Man and try to kill him. But there's three of them at once. It's hard to care about any one of them individually, let alone all three. See, this movie, you had a lot of time to get to know some of these villains. Because first thing we're going to bring up, length of this movie. Let's say Captain America. It's a long movie. It is like two and a half hours. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that after we uh, go through... Uh, Want to go through the villains? We'll go through the villains first. They help carry this movie a lot. I really do. Specifically Electro. So the first we're introduced to is Rhino. Yeah, he, he's nothing more than a two-bit punk. Russian... Uh, well, technically, uh, truck, you're, like you're not introduced artist. to him, but he is him. Because if what you know in the advertising, it's Paul Giamatti as the actor, so you see him, and then he goes away, and you're like, what happened? Isn't he supposed to be Rhino? For the record, yeah. I will watch any movie with Paul Giamatti in it. Yeah. He's amazing. He made Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes amazing. He helped salvage that movie from somewhere in the bottom tier to somewhere just acceptable. <laughs> but well, uh, what was that? What was his name? Like Sergey something or other. It's didn't didn't they give him like a weird like name like Alex Trezov or something like that? I don't know. Start with either. Name. Way. He's a Russian mob. Yeah. And he gets end of the movie. It's the one you see in the trailer. That's what's happening. He he gets the yeah. suit which makes the Rhino credible because he has guns. He has guns and missiles. Like, that was amazing. Like when I first saw him, like man, that looks really funny. And then you actually see it move, and like, oh my god, that is amazing. It's a lot better and I think more appropriate than what the actual origin of the character is. Like it's basically the same because it's not a guy in a rhino suit though. Like, <laughs> like straight up, like not a rhino suit. It, it, you, know, <laughs> you know what? I think it works better. It works better in the story. At least this universe, it makes more sense. Although, to be fair, with the way the science works in this world, they could have easily turned him into that character anyway. Just It would be like the scorpion. When yeah. we put you in the suit, we're going to inject you with this random crap. Now you're a rhino It's like man. rhino DNA, because why not? Wasn't that like his original thing? No, no, no he, he just has a rhino suit. He was was a it big, just a rhino dude. suit? I thought it was just a big, strong dude that had like a little bit of 
No, he was stuck in weird the suit. Weird shit. The other part of the story was he was trying to work off. He went in the suit to do jobs and he like to pay off the debt, but then he had to actually like also pay to have the suit removed because it was like surgically bonded. So it's a lot like the Scorpion, actually. Yeah. Well, Scorpion was a little psychotic, but wasn't he? Psych- Scorpion's different. But, but yeah, this this Rhino's he's psychotic. He's got like a barbed wire tattoo on his forehead. Around his head. Yeah. I don't know if we'll. Hopefully, we'll get to see more of the Rhino. In the uh, next move, in, in whatever they do next with him, because I think it's a waste of bringing Paul Giamatti for such a short, small role. Yeah, he's, he's fun, but and he plays well with Spider-Man, which is important that the interaction of the two works really well. But I was hoping he'd do more. Then there's um, Harry Osborn. We get a lot of Harry Osborn in this movie, not a lot of Green Goblin, which no. I think is better that way because again, they do they're doing setup for whatever they do next, which. I hear is the Sinister Six movie, and this movie kind of foreshadows that. So I wouldn't be surprised that's where they do. And I don't mind that they use this movie to play setup for a central antagonist. No, but even then, like the setup isn't focused. It's it's in the background. It's very much background stuff. I mean, it's kind of Electro story, but then you put up the building blocks of Sinister Six in the background. Yeah, but that's that's how it's you would done do. well. It's, it's done very done well. very well. It, but it's all just there as sort of build up to that. I don't mind that they do that with yeah. that character because I know I read somewhere that some people were upset that it's Harry Osborn that takes up the Green Goblin mantle first and not Norman. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to bring up. There, that how might be weird some spoilers, it is. but they do skip they they skip over Norman Osborn entirely for the Goblin suit. Yeah, and he doesn't even mention it, or he doesn't even seem to go really any crazy. Well, he's obviously a terrible person. Oh, the well, one interaction we do get no, with Norman he's a, Osborn. He's a, he's a bad man. He's oh, a yeah, bad he's, man. he's a bad man. And he's done some bad things, to be sure. But the, the, the I think the highlight of this film, and this is almost a bad pun because he literally lights up the screen whenever he's on it, is Jamie Foxx's Electro. I love this character. I'm not a big Jamie Foxx fan. I've, I know you don't. I, I've grown fond of him because I think he's a good actor, just kind of in general, but he's, he's not Paul Giamatti. I wouldn't watch anything just because there's <laughs> Jamie Foxx in it. I think he plays this character really well. He starts out as this nobody electrical engineer that's practically invisible to anyone. He has no friends. Until Spider-Man saves his life one day and he becomes crazy obsessed with this guy. Well, because he said he needs him. Because you know, Spider- yeah, eyes Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man gives his generic pep talk. But this guy takes it, like, way too obsessive. I, I love the little details, like, when he's in his home and you see his home and it's like... Spider-Man would be everywhere. And it's his birthday. And a lot of light bulbs everywhere. A lot of little light bulbs. Yeah. And he, he, he reaches like, oh, it's my birthday. He's talking to the Spider-Man stand-up alongside his mirror while he's shaving. And he mentions offhand, oh, it's my birthday. And he reaches into a fidget and pulls out a cake. And the cake is green and yellow with a mm. lightning bolts on it. Which is one of the fun ways you can do is like, oh, those were Electro's original costumes. Because anybody who remembers the 90s cartoon or the comics or anything of that nature... Electro has an ugly-ass costume. It was terrible. A green jumpsuit with, like, yellow... Sunflower face? Yes. yes. Oh, God, he's, like, he's, he's, he's like El Seed, but less menacing. Yeah, he has El less... Seed is more menacing from the tick, <laughs> and it's the same thing. <laughs> more or less. But no, and then he goes blue, basically, and they take a lot of cues for Electro from Infamous. I see a lot of Infamous when I when I, when I was watching this movie through Electro. Yeah, yeah. And I see. I don't know, that's almost just kind of like generic electric power thing. But when I think back to Electro from like in the show, they don't really I think his powers are different then so that he doesn't work the same well, way. Well, cuz the the biggest thing with Electro is he always had electricity power, but if you've read The Science of Superheroes, there's two chapters. One is Electro is Magneto and one and the other one's like Magneto is Electro cuz really they should have the same power set. 
More or less. Like, produce magnetism, you need electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So, like, Electro should be able to be a giant electromagnet, and that's what they do with this movie. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they he essentially gets uh, his powers and Magneto's powers. Not to the same extent that Magneto has them, because Magneto cheats. Also, he kind of has, like, Dr. Manhattan. He does have a lot yeah. of Dr. Dr. Manhattan. I, oh, I yeah. think Mark Webb saw Watchmen while directing this movie, and was just <laughs> like, we need to use blue everywhere, and he has to teleport, and he has to keep his clothes on for some strange reason when he does. Yeah, yeah I don't he, get that. He creates clothing. Slowly, I mean, when he first does it, he just creates, like, boxer shorts. That's and then after that, beforehand. he has a full-out awesome jumpsuit. I think like, he was, a, was a, like, a lightning bolt on it. I didn't mind And he, that and he so had, much. like, the battery, like... The battery thing on his head. No, 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 he had one on his head and on his Yeah, but suit. the one on his head was there because they put that in there when yeah. he was in well, yeah. uh, the prison. Which I'm not sure how that works. Because you kind of need to know what voltage you're dealing with. Oh, who knows? To know highs and lows of the battery. Who knows? Yeah. It, it, it's it's comic books. He, he was good. I mean... Yeah, he did. He it, he looked he like he had a lot of character. fun. He, like, he, had a lot of he has a great, um, let's say, like, Genesis scene in Times Square where he's kind of realizing his power, and you really get figure out how he thinks. Yeah. Like, that whole scene reveals his damaged thought process. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a very good scene for the... Some of the 3D in it and the sound. The sound, very the good visuals, soundtrack. the 3D, the acting. Yeah. Everything Unconventional about... in times, the soundtrack. Which I didn't necessarily yeah. mind. I really like the soundtrack on here. Dixon brought up a good point earlier that I felt we probably shouldn't ignore. There is that concept of length. This is a two and a half hour movie. I think we got lucky here. And it's another case where despite the fact two and a half hours, it doesn't necessarily feel its length. Good editors. It's got very good editing. Yeah, I mean, sometimes um, it felt a little drawn out there, but that was kind of the love story, and love stories bore me to hell. I didn't have a problem with the love story. I don't want to bring. I don't want to bring this up, but I, I'm going to. I thought for a second they hinted at a love triangle, and they didn't. No, that was. It, oh it my god! It made sense why they brought that up, so it could come into play later. Yeah. With Gwen Stacy there, like that. Yeah. But if, for a second, I'm like, don't tell me. I would have been okay with it, but they didn't go that way, so. Thank, thankfully, yeah. they did not recycle uh, Spider-Man Three. It's amazing how often I reference that movie. It was, it was the last one of that franchise. Uh, but the length is—we I mean, got lucky twice. And I, don't, I know you're not listening, Hollywood, but stop these two and a half hour movies. There's only so many times you get lucky before they're chores to sit through. Hey, you get more bang oh. for your buck, at least. You do get more bang yeah. for your buck, but my God. I just... I mean, hell, we're paying less than minimum wage to buy it, to see this, so... I just... I still think that they need to be careful, and two and a half hours is pushing too long. Not every movie has to be two and a half hours. No. I don't know that this one you know had to, but... You can, you I don't can make know, watching it, I could see maybe they might be able to drop it down to two hours. That would be the bare minimum, and even then, they it, might miss some almost, stuff. There's no scenes that are just, like... Eh, placeholders. They're all relatively interesting scenes. Like even when the doctor is like talking to Electro, yeah. that's actually a very good scene. It explains a lot, kind of. A lot of the uh, again with Electro, like Jamie Foxx. Like I know you don't care for him too much, but tremendous, oh, he was, tremendous he was job here. Right. Especially considering he's painted blue for all his roles. That had to be not be fun. Well, yeah, he was blue, but not like in the movie. They blue screened him. Yeah, so yeah. He, so he's still wearing blue either way. He's he's covered Maybe in blue. Motion captured him. I'm sure. Either way, he Peter Parker there. Andrew Garfield. I don't know why I keep forgetting, but he's British, and whenever I hear him speaking his regular voice, I'm just like, "That's not, that's not Andrew Garfield." Because I guess I just have a different voice in my head when I hear it. He definitely has all of Spider-Man's quips. Uh, I'll say this about Andrew Garfield versus Tobey Maguire, because I think we're referencing Spider-Man for that notion. Batman movies have a thing where some fans say 
actor A is a better Batman, but actor B is a better Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. There are some actors that do one role a lot better than the other. Like, Christian Bale makes a great Batman, not so great Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tobey Maguire made a better Peter Parker, I found. But he, and his Spider-Man's okay, but I think Andrew Garfield's the reverse here. He makes a better Spider-Man than he does Peter Parker. I... And that's not to say his Peter Parker's bad. His Peter Parker's more complex than... Like, these Spider-Man's are more complex than the last series was. Yeah. The well, world is more complex... The world's more complex. He's dealing with the disappearance of his parents, which is a corporate-level espionage thing we won't even get into. Well done, too. Like, it's, it's practically spy story stuff. Yeah. Which, again, is truthful to the comics in some way, because there was that long-time theory that his parents were spies, which wasn't actually true, but, you know. Yeah. We got to have clones of Either way. out of it. Yeah. I, I do agree with you, though. Like, I, I do see it. You think he... You think Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker? Yeah, I mean, he was a step up. I mean... Neither are bad at either, but one does, you know, one does a step up above the other. The reason I bring that up with Spider-Man is he, is that he hits his Spider-Man quips, and they feel natural coming from him. For Tobey Maguire, they felt a little weird. Because he can't, because he can't imagine Tobey Maguire being mean. I can't Maguire <laughs> being snarky or mean or anything like that. Andrew Garfield, I could, I could believe it. These kids, these asshole kids, are picking on this little science nerd. Spider-Man drops in to save the day by just scaring the bullies off, which is kind of awesome. And he's talking science with this little kid, and he's he's like such a big brother. It's like, that is awe. How could J. Jonah Jameson think this is a bad guy at all? I hate you, J. Jonah Jameson. I've never even we seen We don't it. see in this movie. Yeah. The, only, the only line we get from J. Jonah Jameson is Peter Parker sends him an email. Saying, I don't think Spider-Man's such a bad guy. J. Jonah Jameson's instant response, wrong. <laughs> yeah, Gwen Stacy, oh, nothing wrong with her, you know. No, I She's the traditional uh, Spider-Man love interest. Yes, although I think when you bring up Stacy, you have to bring up the, as we mentioned, the article from the first movie where Captain Stacy asks Peter to stay away from Gwen, and he absolutely refuses to. They're just like, nah, we're going to do it anyway. Every I know comic book fans, when Gwen Stacy was involved, they're already watching, the, they're already checking the clocks to find out when, because she's the doomsday character. Every time she's been on screen, everyone expects it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We know what happens in the comics. Like so. In the comics, I think the cartoon series. Where's that Mary Jane? I can't... Well, they fill her in. I think they do both. Yeah, but that's how she, that's what happens. It, it's unfortunate. She's not bad. I don't know. She's not as versatile as she seems Spider-Man like, she or seems... as Andrew Garfield there, but they don't give her as much material. Yeah, I was going to say, her role is very generic. It, I don't know. It didn't she, feel great, but I mean she, that's the hand she was dealt. She's kind of like got the Lois Lane thing where she's like, "Gotta be in there doing stuff," and she does help out. But like, the, I like their funny bit where she is reminding Peter about magnetism and the nail and the battery thing. I thought that was a uh, that was cute. They they play well off each other the few times that when they're on screen together, and the love story there is a uh, a teen romance thing, but it fits in perfectly for where Peter Parker is at this point in his life. He's a teenager. He just got out of high school. And he's Spider-Man at the same time. Yeah. And Harry Osborn... Harry Osborn is, 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 is... He works. He's slimy. Before he even becomes Green Goblin. He already kind of looks a little... He's got, he got pointy ears. Weird fingers. Weird fingers. Yeah. And along his face. He already kind of looks like a goblin. And then they turn him into a goblin. And it's actually kind of terrifying. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't really seem that slimy beforehand. It's only until he kind of realized, like, Oh, shit. I'm dying. 
Which, you know, sucks. Yeah, but I mean, he's got a little bit of tragedy to him. It's kind of like, dude, you're dying. Gotta try to fix this quick. Because that's the first thing. Like, if you know you're gonna die, it's like, okay, I gotta fix this now. Gotta fix this now. Gotta fix this now. Well, his dad made it to, like, age 61 or something. But you gotta know that Norman was doing all kinds of God knows what to his body. Because that was the the thing with the first movie, with the lizard, is he was there to save Norman Osborn. And he ultimately failed. But you gotta know, whatever he did to, like, he at some point, when Norman and Harry have a conversation, and it's really the one time we see Norman Osborn, he hands them this data cube, and it's just like, this is everything I tried to save my life. Now it's your turn. Take my knowledge and go. It's, he's, not a, he's, not a, he's not a one-dimensional character. There is no. depth to him. Yeah, yeah There's depth. It's, 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 again, I hate to say it, it's better than the generic revenge from Spider-Man 3. Revenge! Yeah. Considering that Spider-Man's origin and just about everything about Spider-Man is characteristically revenge, almost everything in Spider-Man's universe, either to him or around him, is because of revenge. There's so like, much hate against him just because Venom, it's like revenge. Scorpion, Doc Ock, I'm sure, has some revenge hate for him. J. Jonah Jameson's werewolf kid. I, I don't. There's a lot Astronaut of... werewolf, werewolf kid. kid. Yeah, that just sounds amazing. No, no. At one point in the comics, I, I think I've didn't said... Didn't J. Jonah Jameson's like, dad marry Aunt May? I don't know. There was like... like uh, you know what? That sounds Doc possible. Doc did once. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but the point of it is... You, oh, yeah. You, you get this sense of character that he's... He's someone who hates everything about his dad... But I think you get the kind of there's an irony in that is he has to use what his he has to use the things his dad provided to save his own life. You know, it kind of sets up a but it's Harry not about, and Peter kind of similar in the cards they've been dealt. Yeah, yeah. But it's not about revenge. That was my point. Yeah. Despite the fact that everything else in Spider-Man's universe is about revenge normally, but it isn't in this universe. Like in the first movie, the, the whole the whole reason Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man is he's looking for the guy that killed Uncle Ben. In you know the first series, the original story, he finds him. And accidentally kills him or whatever he does. But in the in the first movie, he just kind of stops. He never finds them, and he well, never tries to find them. Lizard them. stuff happened. Okay, yes, there was there was lizard problems in New York City. Uh, they were coming out of the goddamn sewers. It's a revengeless universe, which is really weird because everything about Spider-Man is normally revenge. Most superheroes is about revenge. Yeah, but Spider-Man kind of in particular, and Batman. Well. Yeah, Batman too. So, but I I think the part where we've we've only mentioned in passing is the audio and visual presentation. This first off, this movie gets Spider Sense right. Like when they're going through the action sequences and everything slowed down for Spider Man, it's like yes, this is exactly how I envision. See, I said that's not how I think Spider Sense works. But but that's how it's over. That's to be. how it, that's like that's why I thought Captain America worked. <laughs> Really? That's how I think Captain America sees. To see everything kind of slows down. Well, maybe maybe they kind of operate similar then. Like, I think that's just his super senses. I don't think that was the spider sense. Either way, when he's reacting, like there's the the New York scene in particular, Electro zapping the ground, and there's this. I don't know what that was doing there. It was like a staircase that led nowhere. I think it was like a um, bleachers or something. No, it was a staircase. Like this leads up. I just it, it like, seemed like, like it just stopped. I don't know. But anyway, he, he electrocutes it, and he saves, like, three people with one web-slinger from, like, getting zapped by the electricity. And was like, okay, this is exactly how I see... The sp- I, I, I still think that's Spider-Sense. That's how exactly how I see it working, is how he reacts to it. They use it a few times in the movie, and it's, it's all really well done. Yeah. I like his suit. It looks so much realer than 
I don't know why Tom McGuire's suit just in comparison just well, looks so was, weird to compare it to this one. There's like too much solid spots on it. Like the like the the webbing, like the lines on his suit was so raised. Yeah. I, I mentioned this, this, this like the the lenses look real. It, it actually looks like something odd. you see in a, in a mask. Yeah. Like if you see the bottom of his feet, it's like shoes. It's like the tread of a shoe. Yeah. I had this issue going in where, and I was talking with uh, Dixon about it, where I was a little disappointed that they they had changed the suit back to the traditional one. You brought up a good argument that it's kind of superfluous because they're basically the same suit anyway. But I just thought if you were going to change it, you should stick with it. I that's how you see this movie though. I I don't mind that he's in. The only the thing I remember with the old suit, like from the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, was his like gloves were very non-traditional, and very weird. Yeah, the gloves. Like it have. looked, it looked overly designed. Which you could argue, but I I don't know. I I, I like that costume. I like the Goblin costume. I like the Rhino armor. The Electra looked good. Electra looked good, but yeah. as he was pointing out, his rubber suit looked where weird. Where it comes from? Where it comes from, how he teleports with it, because he does teleport. And I understand how he's doing it, but how does the clothing stay around? Like, like we were mentioning earlier, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan just gave up on clothes after a while. He's like, I could make these clothes, I could bring them with me. Eh, what's the point? What's the point? Just let it all hang out. But the audio like it goes with it very well. A lot of the scenes of electro, specifically yeah. his, his few fight scenes with the uh, the music that plays with it. Uh, There's like and, an equalizer effect going on in the background for that last scene with him. Well, every time he speaks, yeah. his voice is like distorted almost. I like that. That was cool because his voice like he he's so meek, and then when he's like got power, it's, like, it's it becomes old, echoey, like and resonant. Yeah, yeah. A, I was, nice touch. Very nice touch. It's a. Uh, Actually, what I thought was really funny is uh, when they're in the fight there at the uh, dam when he's going between the... Uh, pillars? The pillars there, and he's playing the itsy-bitsy spider thing there. I thought that was, was cool. Was that itsy-bitsy spider? I didn't get that. Yeah, because it was like... Dum, 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 dum. Okay, I hear it. Yeah, I think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that actually... That, that makes... that's, that's why he mentioned, oh, I hate that song. Fair enough. You know what? That makes sense. And... Now they can't do that for Hydra Man, because that would be great for a Hydra Man <laughs> thing to do. Make uh, that pun... Well, whatever. Water spout? I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. But I it don't made, think it makes sense because they're... I can't remember what instrument you'd use, but you can actually make music using the electrical arts. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they did that on... Um, they do that. got talent. It's a Vegas show now. Yeah, yeah. they do that. They, they, they've done it for a while. That's why it's like, that's actually a really cool thing to do with this power that most people wouldn't have even thought to do. No. But it adds into the... Uh, he's like, when he... when After the Electro drains the city's power... And Spider-Man's going to face him, and he's the face of the building. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Or actually, what another funny part was there's after he gets that uh, one guy in Norman Corp. There, he goes into the socket, and he closes the little flap. Yeah. The, 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 that was a little silly. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. that was hilariously silly. I I like that too. I, I I really dug that. Just even in general, the soundtrack's really good. It's not obnoxious, which I find Hans Zimmer's music to be sometimes. Really? Sometimes. I, 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 I can't listen to architectural score. It bores the piss out of me. I'm not enthused listening to orchestral score. I gotta have like some kind of content to watch with it. Fair enough. I can't I... listen to his soundtrack. I could watch it, but you can't. Yeah. No, I understand that. Not every yeah. soundtrack is that great. But I even... absolutely adore orchestral. But the soundtrack in this film it works well with the movie. Uh, listening to it separately, I don't. I, I don't know if it's that great. We try. Yeah. The, the... We try to particularly with the. It's it's paranoia. Uh, is the name of the track. It's from the fight scene. Pharrell Williams and Hans Zimmer. Which is a weird combo, but you know what? It works. Um, and the scene, it works really well. Yeah. Outside of it, I don't know, but... 
It's a little, I think on the soundtrack, there's there's probably going to be an edit of that, so it's going to sound better by itself. I think there might have been, yeah. Maybe, because we're just watching it on YouTube, so who knows. Yeah. Anything else? Like, a lot got... of blue. A lot of blue. Well, the villain is blue. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of blue. I'll go first then with the rating. I did mention previously that, as you probably guessed, I, I'm sure you two know this, but I was a big uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man fan. I actually kind of liked the third movie. I can't ignore its faults, but I don't think it's as bad as people believe it to be. Sam Raimi Mark. I am a total Sam Raimi Mark. Yeah. It's Evil Dead's fault. But the point is, I was annoyed when they rebooted the series. I got why they didn't. I didn't agree with it. I thought they should just continue with what they had. It was too soon for a reboot. But I was impressed enough with The Amazing Spider-Man that I wanted to see where they went with this one. Because I thought it'd be different enough. And then sure enough, seeing this one, just wow, I'm blown away. The effects are awesome. I, the electrical effects for Electro alone, it's like they took Infamous and blew it up to 11. And that's awesome because the, 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 the things they use, the, the visual cues, the, the lighting effects are really cool. Again, specifically from Electro, how his lightning bolts linger. and it's just The like colors a, of them. The colors of them. Yeah. There's a lot of blues, a lot of like almost like pinks and neons. It's very impressive. I was... And just even beyond that, the story plays well. The setup for the next movie, which will probably be Sinister Six, but might just be Spider-Man 3 for all we know, it's not obnoxious. Like, okay, by the end when they're playing major setup, it might be, but like I thought it was a little obnoxious towards the end where they're doing the glory shot of, guess who's going to be in the next movie, guys? Well, that whole, the whole, and the end trailer's credits... In the background, they're showing the different stuff. Yeah, they're showing the different ASUs. Yeah, they showed the, the the octopus arms and the vulture wings. Yeah, they're very clearly. Uh, this is that's what they want to do next. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Sinister Six movie, which makes my fears of multiple villains cranked up to eleven. I don't know if they work as a group. It's not so bad. Maybe, but it's we'll have the to see. Is. It's all yeah. how the writing is. Uh, regardless, though, I was very impressed with this movie. As I mentioned when I recommended it, there's just so many good things to see in this movie. I was worried it wasn't going to be a good follow-up. Sony's clearly pacing all their bets here and in X-Men because those are the two franchises they have to compete with Marvel. They're just going ahead with it, and if they keep this course, we got good things coming. This one specifically, though, it's high ratings. Like i got to give it like an 8 out of 10. I really do. I, I'd almost want to give it a 9. I just don't think... I think length does play a little bit of a factor in keeping it from a 9. And I'm sure on repeat viewings, it'll. I'm sure that's why in repeat viewings, the length will be what holds it back. And I'll just skip to the good scenes. But I can see myself rewatching this when it does come out. So I, I just, it's, it says 8 to me. Yeah, that, that's very fair. I mean, you know, I'll just get my number now. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's very much an 8. I, I don't see it as a 9. It can't be a 9. But, you know, Why eight, can't it be a 9? I mean, the length is right. I don't know. Like, to me, like I said, I don't like heavy love interest thing. I find that kind of annoys me, and that does play quite a bit in here. I understand why they do it. Obviously, it's a thing in there. I've never been a fan of it, but it does drag it down to eight for me. They just seem too slow for me. Okay. I can't really add too much. I can add the little things that, you know, that I do find weird. Like, like visually, you're right. The The electrical arcing and things like that. Looks amazing. Would never work like that, though. Yeah, but... Electricity so, is not smoke. I know, but you kind of have to... Yeah, I hate to say this, because I mean, this movie's all about how science is awesome. In just about every way. 
But it's a, it's madcap science. You have to kind of just okay, this works like that because if it doesn't, then it's it's it, shut it up won't it look does. as cool. I know, I understand. It it looks awesome like that, but it doesn't work. Like I said, it doesn't really bother me. It's just kind of a yeah. can't ignore it. Yeah, and fair enough. I, I took enough electrical and played with enough electrical and been shocked enough times to know. <laughs> like just it doesn't work like that. But you know what? It is cool and and the whole. Norman Osborn there not being Green Goblin just kind of threw me for a little bit. It's kind of like wow, nowhere near. I mean, it, it even would have been kind of cool if he made if they made mention that he was trying to go into it, but just ended up being too weak and failed. But I yeah. don't know. I suspecting there was a bunch of stuff cut from the trailer. I suspect that. Oh, there was tons cut from the trailer. That might obviously. not even be in the in in anything. But who knows? How about you, Dixon? I'm I'm a little torn here. I really like this movie and. Is it better than Captain America? That's... They keep getting better. This competition between Marvel Studios and uh, Sony, it's just make it is good for it's good is it's good for business. It's good for us. Yes. we're getting better movies. Yeah, as they're all trying to build these bigger and bigger worlds. And I really love the world here. Like they do Raven, they brought in Raven, the Ravencroft uh, Institute, and yep. bringing in the Sinister Six. You know, it seems like before to introduce villains, you had to do them such a like, to try to shoot the horn them into the plot was really weird. Like in the Batman movies, like there, there was start, there was two in every movie, and it was just getting over. Yeah, it, just, it never worked. They never meshed well. Yeah, they're, they're just getting into science. It. Yeah, the writing is getting better. I don't think this one is this one is better written for like the characters than the acting. Like the writing's really good there. The overall plot, there's not exactly as interesting or as good a story as Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You know, yeah, it's not. The action scenes are different. The, this is more a spectacle. The action scenes in Captain America are more like are choreographed. Yeah, yeah, they're more real. This one is very. It's, it's, it keeps um, its cartoon. This has a better soundtrack. I can't remember anything about the Captain America soundtrack. It, it worked. It worked pretty time, basic, but... but it wasn't like you wouldn't download it. No. no, I think the spectacle of it is really overwhelming me. Like I'm gonna say seven. It's 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 as good as Captain America. Okay, I'm happy with it. Fair enough. I really liked, um, like, they took Elektra, who is fucking lame. He is. Like, he's, like, the lamest Spider-Man villain. Well, okay, no. There's a lot of lame ones. The most He's the lamest well A-list. Yeah. He's A-list just because of time served. <laughs> yeah. Not because not of any particularly good stories involving him. Oh, no. No, whatsoever. He's one step above Hydro-Man, who I think is a more, is a more interesting character anyway. <laughs> but there's already Sandman, who's a better Hydro-Man, so. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, yeah. What do you do? But, no, he was really cool. They just his whole presentation really worked for me, and I I liked what I saw from Green Goblin. I think I hope they kind of play it up a little bit more. I don't know why they can't do like a rubber mask. I don't know. They might. Or give why him a they mask. can't just make him a giant like Hulk kind of thing, like they did in the Ultimates, where he's more like the Hulk. That weird. Well, yeah, the he, Green Goblin in the Ultimate Comics was. They're trying to make the Super Soldier Serum, and oh, it yeah. makes the guy like like big and green and have like a crazy like. It's not like, quite the Hulk, but kind of scaly. Close. Like he's Weird. like he's like a big monster. He's like right it up. But this was okay. This worked. This is kind of like Joker looking. What's uh, yeah. funny is he kind of really reminded me of like the what would it be the almost like the eighties Goblin because he had that cackle. Yeah, he had and, a good cackle. It's not ridiculous how they use it. Yeah, because at this point he's pretty much snapped. <laughs> oh, he's he is full out blown crazy. He, he, he cray cray. Yeah, this was uh, much better than I thought because I thought it could have been. I think the writing for the characters, like I said, it was really good. Like especially Electro. Like I really like understood this character. 
Yeah. And liked what they did with him because when I heard what they were gonna do, I was like, oh, then I didn't think they'd go this far. Look with how like how kind of like lonely this guy is, how kind of like he has he has some issues, you know, and yeah, that and whole they... scene with him in Times Square really reveals his thought process, and you understand what he's what he will do. Yeah, like with the way they originally showed him, they didn't really show much of him. You almost thought of him like like oh, he's just an experiment that got loose. Yeah. But there's so much more to him, like, that just was yeah, a catalyst. No. Yeah. Like, they show that scene where he's just pretending what he's going to do to his boss. And I thought, oh, man, this guy's nuts. And so that's yeah. just what he's thinking. I like yeah. that. Because it's like, oh. It's actually kind of similar to his uh, character he played in Collateral. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Which actually, you. isn't the bad guy in Collateral named Max? Oh. I don't remember. I think Tom Cruise's character is called Max. There is a Max in that movie, but anyway... Anyway, yeah. we're going we're gonna to get into the sidetrack here. I think it'll be a good point to sign out here. Uh, we'll be back next uh, in a couple weeks for sure. We'll be going to see Godzilla, guys. Godzilla! In any event, this is the Three Guys Podcast signing out. Good night, folks. Bye. Later.